Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Chris. We're glad you're here. Here's your host, Pastor Chris Atkinson. Well, it is so great to have you, Don, with us today as we uh, get to know you a little bit better. How about you just start off telling us a little bit more about yourself? Well, like you start off from the time I was young to the time I'm old, and that's easy to do. But I'll try to hit some of the high points, okay? Originally, I was born in New Brunswick, the the most beautiful province in Canada, in case anyone (laughs) didn't know, and uh, moved to Ontario in, I don't know, 1960, I guess, something like that. I had tons of jobs, uh, spent most of my life in real estate, spent about 42 years in that business and spent been reasonably good to me. It's an up and down business, as everybody knows, and those that stick with it do okay. Those that don't, don't. So spiritually, I came to the Lord the first time, and I say that with a kind of a caveat with it, uh, at age 19, and it really didn't mean a whole lot to me. Uh, because I thought I would stop having fun if I gave my life to the Lord too much. You know, I had to keep my own stuff separate. And I think a lot of people do that, whether they realize it or not. So uh, I drifted here and there and uh, had a marriage breakup when I was uh, 32 or 33 and married again, which made and I made a huge mistake when I married a non-believer. And that didn't work out, although it did give me two beautiful children. I have four grandchildren in total. Well, now it's only three because I did lose one last week, which uh, I couldn't go into or not. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but at any rate, uh, I guess that's um, brought me to where I am. Uh, I walked away from the Lord for a time, as a lot of people I believe do, and had some very interesting experiences that brought me back. One in particular I will just tell you about because it was kind of a, a turning point. I was in the real estate business fairly new and I met these clients who were Christians and I wasn't, I, I, I just, I professed to be one, but I really wasn't. So I said, Oh yeah, I'm a Christian as well. You know, that type of thing, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, I sold their home and could not find them a new home. Could not looked at everything that was available, everything. And then one Tuesday night, there was two properties came up on the weekend. I made appointments with both of them, and before we went out, Ron, Ron Hart, his name was, is to live, actually, um, said, can we pray together before we go tonight? I said, sure, why not? I'm not going to pray. You can pray. So we went into his home, and they prayed, and they asked for the right home and all that. First home I showed them, they absolutely loved it, and uh, said, well, can we come back home, back and bring the children after? I said, Sure. I talked to the homeowners briefly and said, they said, fine, come on back. The second time through, I let them look at the home themselves. I stayed in the kitchen with the, with the homeowners and I noticed a plaque on the wall, a spiritual plaque. So I said, oh, are you folks Christians? They said, yes, we are. I said, well, these people upstairs are as well. I thought that was kind of neat. Anyway, we did an offer that night and I presented the offer and we got it accepted. After it was all done, I was having a cup of tea with the owners of the home. And I told them, they, they said, well, you, you, you told me these people were Christians. I said, yes, they are. They're along with the Salvation Army. And that was my, in, my first end of the Salvation Army, actually. 
And they said, well, and I said, I told them how difficult it was to find a place for them. And uh, finally, we, I said, we prayed tonight before we come out. Well, I thought the guy was going to drop his key. He said, you won't believe this. This is the last day we have. We have to enroll in Baptist Seminary tomorrow. We can't get out. We had to go. At the solid house night, it was the absolute last night. Hmm. I'm driving home, and I said, you idiot. You, God, God still uses you, even if you don't know him very well. Hmm. That was a turning point. That was hmm. not a coincidence. No way, shape, or form. So these things have happened to me a few times in my life, and they finally brightened me up a little bit, and uh, I started following the Lord. And... and uh, Many, many years I was a Salvation Army, I was a uniformed soldier, and I did that for probably 20 years. And then, of course, we moved up to Alliston, and all things changed, and my health was deteriorated to a point where walking is difficult. So uh, we haven't been to church now. Well, nobody has been to church for the last, this COVID stuff, but we haven't really been, uh, been to church for a year, I guess, now. Yeah. So yeah. looking forward to getting back and uh, re resuming some things and stirring up some trouble, which I like to do, you know. <laughs> yes, I, I, I do appreciate that too about you, Don. So uh, when we're talking about what you're most looking forward to when COVID restrictions are over, could you put it down to a single thing or is there a number of things? That well, you... first of all, will they ever be over? Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, I think we're never going to be back to the way we were. Um, I think they'll be relieved, much relieved uh, what they are now. But I I just would like life to get back to normal where I can go to a restaurant without uh, sitting six feet away from everybody else, uh, going to church, going to worship services, doing all kinds of things that we like to do. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to, being able to get on an airplane and go to go on vacation, you know, do stuff like that. We tried to book a train trip. We can't even do that. And it's really, I guess I'm looking forward to life getting back the way it should be. Mm. Yeah. Although having said that, I think you would probably agree with me. COVID has in some ways been a blessing because it has brought people to the Lord that would not normally have come. And I can see that happening. So I think there's a lesson to be learned with it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So given uh, our environment over the last year, and you know, you also have already highlighted your own health struggles, what motivates you day after day to get you up in the morning? Well, if you, when you become my age, you'll understand it's going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> What motivates me is another day, another day to, to do something positive. And I think when you wake up in the morning, you've got two choices. You make the most of it or the least of it. I like to try to make the most of it. You can be happy, you can be sad. Why not be happy? I mean, look at what we've got compared to what 95% of the world has got. Why should we be sad? Hmm. Yes, that's probably the, the Reader's Digest version of what gets me up. So if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would that be right now? Honestly? Yes, honestly. I like that. No, you don't want me to be honest. I go back down to the Brampton Flying Club, I rent an airplane, and I fly for the day. 
That was my love in life. Flying air hmm. almost killed me a couple of times, but definitely that's what I would do. Cool. Cool. I don't think that I knew that about you, Don, that you used to be a, a pilot. Well, I'll tell you another little story, okay? About God, another little God story, okay? If you don't mind, if we got time. No, no, it's good. It's good. I actually owned an airplane for a few years with a partner of mine. Actually, a doctor who's now passed away. But uh, I decided to go down to, to New Brunswick. And I had uh, my first wife and my uh, daughter with me, the one who passed away, actually. And the uh, first time I'd ever taken a trip of that magnitude, that distance. So we got up early in the morning, we flew, we, we got in the airplane and we went, stopped in Cornwall, Ontario, fueled up. And it was kind of a foggy day, uh, not foggy, but like a low cloud level. I'm, I'm not, I'm not licensed to fly in clouds. So, so uh, I, we kind of followed the river all the way up, skirted around Montreal and thought, well, I better stop for fuel in Riviera de Luz, Quebec. So I did that. I'm getting a little tired of flying low and I like to go a little higher. I got thinking, well, it can't be that difficult. But I'm going to go up and I'm going to, I'm going to take a heading for this exact way to Fredericton, New Brunswick. Should take me an hour and 30 minutes to get there. And then I'll come down to the clouds and I should be fine. Stupid, stupid, stupid. So anyway, I get up in the clouds and I get scared. I can't even see the wingtips. I can't see anything. Just totally blinded. I think, okay, I'm not that. Uh, I, I now changed my mind. I, I'm quite happy to follow the river if I can find it. So I took a slow descending 180 degree turn and thought, well, that's going to bring me back to where I was, so I should be fine. But I heard a noise I never heard before. There's a little window right here at the side. I heard the wind whistling. Never heard that before. Looked at the airspeed indicator. I was doing 180 knots, which is far, I should have been doing 110. Look at the artificial horizon, it should be like this, it's like this. So I think the instruments are broken because you can't feel it. And then a voice told me, and I, it was God, absolute God. Nobody else. Pull the throttle back, let go of the wheel, airplanes can fly. That's how I broke clouds. Otherwise, it was 10 seconds hitting the woods. So that was a very scary experience, but God saved my life. He absolutely did. Nobody ever taught me that. And if you've ever watched uh, what happened to John F. Kennedy Jr. and his trip, that's exactly what happened to him when he flew into the ocean. Mm. Mm. So that, but back to your question, that's what I would do for a day. That's what I love. Well, that's, that's cool. Cool. I'm. Uh... I'm glad you shared that. I didn't know that about you. Well, so, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's very obvious in talking to you, Don, that your faith is incredibly important. So what does your faith mean? And maybe you can just elaborate, too, a little bit with the passing of your daughter and how God's been close to you through your whole life. My faith means I don't have to do it myself. Hmm. I guess, for want of a better way to put it. Uh, I have I have I have somebody watching me all the time and guiding me, mm. and I still make my own stupid mistakes, but I know they're stupid mistakes. Well, before I didn't know that, mm. so I guess that's what it means. It's a sense of confidence, it's a sense of 
I should probably be grieving more for my daughter, but I, I'm, I am grieving, yes. But I know where she is. Mm. And I know God took her for a reason. Mm. And uh, I'm very comfortable with that. I think I might have told you uh, about Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 57, where God takes people before their time, save them from other things. Mm. And I take great, great peace in that. Because she would have had a very rough time had she not passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Don, is there anything uh, you would like to say to anyone that would be watching this? One last comment. <laughs> one, one seed of wisdom, the last seed of wisdom. Okay. Okay. I'm reading a book. I just finished it, actually. It's called Pandemics, Plagues, and Natural Disasters. It's by a guy named Edwin Lutzer. I want to just read you a little bit. I wasn't going to do this, but I, I did mark the page. And I thought it was, to me, it, it spoke a lot. What it says is, this guy, Luther, had a, um, an, uh, a, all, uh, experience with a repairman. He said, the repairman said, if there is a God and I go to hell, I will defy and curse him forever. That's what the repairman said. That's what the repairman told me when he was at my house fixing some electrical problems. He spoke for many, for many who have either turned to atheism or skepticism because of the suffering of this world. They argue that good, opinion of opinion God would put an end to this madness. Mm-hmm. Here's how he responded. When I told him, what I told him was. I should have had my, gla- my reading glasses, but I don't. But what I told him was that I, I see I see your point. You can retreat to, when you, to your atheism, skepticism, if you wish. But consider this. If the biblical God exists, and he does have the power to put an end to all the evil but doesn't, it's clear that this God is to be feared. And I believe that. No wonder the Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands the living God. Mm. We should tremble at his presence because we also read that God is the is is consuming fire. Walk away from him if you wish, but you do not, but you, but to do that, you have the eternal peril. If you think that, that a tsunami brings horrendous suffering, far worse eternal suffering awaits for you, a life outside of God. Mm. So I thought that was good. And there's another little thing that I thought was good, too. Let's tell our friends that pandemics and natural disasters force us to decide how we respond to God. We can accuse him or worship him. The neutrality is impossible. When disaster strikes, God is not uncritical. We are. Mm. I thought, wow, that's pretty pretty deep. Don't you agree? Yeah, I we, agree. It's how we react. Yeah. We can't blame God. No, no. So many people do. Yes, yes. So you've run into that a hundred times, maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Why does well, you God know, allow this? Yeah, yeah, he has. He has allowed these things to happen. And, and it's good for us to pause and reflect on these things and sort of look back at our lives and see what our lives look like in relationship to God. And remember, he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. That is so true. That so, is so you know, true. We we need to we need to remember that. 
Yes, yes. We do, but, you know, sometimes. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, sometimes. We're human. And, you know, yeah. yeah. Any other questions? No, you've done a great job today, Don. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Well, you know, it's, it's so great to uh, be able to have this technology that at least we can stay in touch and see each other's uh, face. Or for the pandemic, we couldn't do it. We wouldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, that's You're true. You're probably reaching people you wouldn't normally reach. Well, that is true. We've met all kinds of people online that uh, we never would have met before. So yeah. it's great to have this conversation with you today, Don. And uh, yeah. thanks so much for being a part of this. Thanks, Chris. We hope you've enjoyed Coffee and Conversations with Chris. If you'd like to support this program, please visit pinewoodschapel.com give. See you next time.